on my moon. Hell, but ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. Let me tell you, it's all interpretation. Oh, my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. <laughs> It's hard to find him. It's more than a place, it's a state of mind. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember it's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. You know, Mark. Yes. You and I have seen many, many things over the last several years with regard to politics and politicians. Yeah. And I was actually thinking back to not the 2016 election and not the 2020 election, but the 2012 election. Because in 2016, it was really different. If, it, yeah. you know, 2020 we know was a farce, but 2016 was really different. In that, as we were watching the candidates, you know, bubbling up, uh, there was going to be a new one. It was either going to be a Democrat or a Republican or an independent if they could ever pull it off. But there, you know, because Obama had served two terms, he could not run again. It was a, right. And Biden, yeah. you know, Biden didn't run. And because they thought they had it stolen for Hillary. But how sad do you think they had to have been when they realized, wait a minute, we burned Hillary Always. in 2016 and now we got to run Biden? But he's <laughs> Somebody go ahead and get his heart started again. Come on. Yeah. But well. Anyway, in twenty so in 2016, during that election cycle, if you remember, uh, at first when Donald Trump got in the race uh, in June of 2015, it, there was a big field just like there always is, like there is now. Yeah. And he got in and people looked at it and they kind of were ha ha he he, you know, right. big deal. Yeah. But then, yeah. Yeah. But then what he said resonated. The American people actually liked what they heard him saying. They yeah. reacted to it. The idea of being part of something, and that's what he made people feel like. We're better than this, and we can make it better. We Just us. We are. It is in our genes to be better than we are right now. Yeah. We don't have to take crap from anybody around the world. You know, we don't have, yeah. And think about it. That's how we are. We do feel like that. We want to help everybody, but we don't have to. We want to. Yeah. We don't. I think he. Re I I was just going to say I think he resonated with the American people for the same reason that Ronald Reagan did. Yeah. At a different time, right. you know, with a different a different a different national mentality, but the same reason. Yeah. Because Reagan came forth and spoke things clearly and honestly and simply and put things in a way that everybody could understand. This is how it's supposed to work, and Wait, everybody said, how, "Yeah, yeah, that's right." Right. How and, it's supposed to be. Yes, and then and Trump did the same thing. Only decades have passed. And, you know, the way we communicate has changed a bit. Our expressions yeah. have changed a bit. Our attitudes have changed a bit. But he, I think he struck the same chord. That's what, you know, if you remember, we'd gone through four years of Carter telling us everything was our fault. Right. Yeah. Carter blamed us for, he blamed the people, you know, yeah. you, for not learning the metric system. It's our fault. Really? Ugh. Well, yeah. we don't care. I think, see, yeah. I think the standard in the metric system actually defines us as a country. And I think we should force the issue onto everybody else if we were really going to be bullies, you know? We just say, <laughs> you know what? Your space program stinks, so you either switch, you know. But we do everything. Yeah. It's, everything is done in metrics, in the metric system, right. except yeah. 
think about it. We don't teach. If you're going in the science and math, if you're going down the science path, you learn the metric system. Yeah. So you can be competitive in the world. Other right. than that, we are king of the hill. We don't change. Yeah. We, yeah. That's okay. Right. You know what? I'll do your little metric system, but you realize I know the standard system. You don't. You don't yeah. know what a foot is. I do. Yeah. You don't know what yeah. a yard is. You, you've, you know what? You're thinking, you know what? You have closest to a yard. It's a meter. It's not even <laughs> as long as a yard. You're not even mm. as big as us. That's us. A meter's bigger? Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's 39.37 inches. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always thought a meter was, a kilometer no, uh, is shorter than a mile, though. It is, yes. Okay, that's what yeah. it was. All right, yeah. a kilometer is shorter than a, I always yeah. thought a meter, like a 100-meter dash was shorter than a 100-yard dash. No, it's it's three, what? it's almost three and a half inches longer. But Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I always, I thought a meter... Now you're messing with me, man. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not messing with you. You would know if I. Right. A meter is longer than a yard. A meter yes, is the is. standard metric unit of measurement and is equal to three point two feet. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, but it, but our miles bigger than your kilometer. <laughs> you know, it's funny is I've I've noticed some mechanics lately because I watch car repair videos yeah. and, and restoration videos and stuff. And there's dang, I always thought a meter was smaller than a yard. <laughs> You're gonna be stuck on that all day, aren't I'm, you? Yes. <laughs> you know what? Me and Evil Can Evil are gonna be talking about the same stuff. And you know, well, he's dead. That's right. You're work. gonna bump into that, bump into him. So, well, you can't anymore. But anyway, <laughs> there's some mechanics that are starting to do that. I've noticed that there there's some of these guys that I watch that they've gone out and bought metric measuring tapes and things like that, and they measure they measure the stuff they're gonna cut. They measure it all in in centimeters and millimeters now, which. I, Okay, that's fine. And then part descriptions. I mean, this is how big it is. If, if you've looked anything up online in the last few years, you'll notice that there is metric and standard mm -hmm. uh, descriptions for their, their dimensions now. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Well, I know when you watch so it's YouTube just a matter of time on. before somebody says, you know, we're just going to switch over. You well, know? When, whenever you're working on your car it, in the last probably 10 years, it, everything's done with the metric. It's like using 11 millimeter socket. Oh, know? yeah. It's, and and I the don't big joke is the 10 millimeter socket's the one that's always missing. You can never find it. Yeah. It's one that, of the big the jokes. The 10 and the 11. Right? Yeah. Those are the, the yeah. on, using it on a, on a regular car, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, yeah. you need a 10 millimeter, 11 meter, millimeter, and you need a bent, you know, one that right. angles. And if you don't have any of those, you either take it to the shop or go buy new tools. And you know, why do I always lose that 10 millimeter? I don't know. It's, <laughs> there's actually, there's actually repair shops now. Some of them have cheap 10 millimeter sockets and gumball machines. So you can pay a quarter oh, and get funny. a 10 millimeter socket. It's oh, that's really funny. funny. It I love funny. that. You know, so many people is, lose them. But you, you know, talk to our buddy Mike, talk, if Mike you Eccles, our buddy I was Mike, say, you tell Mike Eccles, he can tell you what the standard, I, I, I don't have I a good millimeter. He'll tell you what the standard <laughs> one is. He'll tell you which one to use. Yeah, that's a three eighths. Go, just go get you three eighths. It'll be a little loose, but it'll work. Yeah. You know, that's, it'll be a little loose, but it'll probably work. And which means I already have cheap tools. Everything's loose. At any rate, now that we diverted yes. into the metric system for a know. minute, yeah. but I <laughs> yeah. will tell you that I'm still going to be stuck on the fact that a meter is longer than a yard. <laughs> Golly gee whiz. And the fact that I was me. able to spit it out as 39.37 inches. It's, yeah. it's, that's the, the, my nerd brain. I mean, the stuff that sticks to the wall of my brain, Man. that's the stuff that sticks to my brain. 
Yeah, that's. I was tough. just glad that you did. You know, Mark. Mark was actually trying to signal me. He was actually being silent. He wasn't going to embarrass me in public. He was trying to. He was trying to let it down cool. And I'm I over here going. It. I'm going We're edit. The little yeah. stretch thing. No, it's longer. What are you doing? It's longer. How are you talking about longer? It ain't longer. You're wrong. I even looked it up while you were talking. I thought I'm amazing. Anyway, so what I was thinking though, in 2016, once Trump caught on, once he really actually. It took five weeks yeah. uh, from uh, from about August of the of 20, uh, 2011, I mean, 2015, from August of 2015 until it was all a Trump show. It was everybody competing against Trump because he was mm -hmm. the outsider. He was the Republican who many people thought he was a New York Democrat, you know, or a, uh, a New York Republican kind of person. Well, he yeah. is yeah. Uh, socially liberal, fiscally conservative. That's what I looked at him as. And to be honest, I think most of us are. Uh, in yeah. a lot of ways, yeah. a lot of us are, generally speaking, when you when you talk about being a liberal or a conservative, there are certain lines that are drawn in the sand, and, and we aren't that. We are people with human feelings. We have different thoughts and ideas. And when right. I run up against somebody that is just a staunch, far-right person, I get scared. Not as scared as I get against, against any liberal. I mean, if you're liberal at all, I worry about you. <laughs> I mean, whereas most of the world, I can look at and go, I disagree with you because you're an idiot, but that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't love you, but with liberals that oh. now right wing, the far right wing yeah. bothers me because those mm -hmm. are the kind of people who really do boy. And the, yeah. the part about it that bothers me though, Mark is how I see when, when you watch the history channel and documentaries about world war two, and they will talk about uh, Hitler being a right wing conservative, yeah. whatever. Yeah, he wasn't. he wasn't. I mean, they label him that way now because that's what yeah. they want you to believe. But in reality, it was liberal, very liberal in many ways. And uh, anyway, but long story short, Trump was the 2016 election cycle. He won. Yeah. 2012 is the one we have to go back and look at because we're dealing with a very similar time in that at the in 2012, we had the world on fire. We had emboldened Islam for about eight years at that point or four years, rather, which we have done under Biden. You know, same thing under Obama, same thing under Biden. And in 2012, we had a big group of Republicans. And what I was looking at is in August, I remember when Rick Perry got in the race. Remember I told you this the other day and how I thought Rick Perry was going to be a, a real, I, because he waited. He didn't jump yeah. out of the it, it, early on. Michelle Bachman jumped out early because she was going to have to build some name recognition, even though she had done right, a good yeah. job of being on a lot of different talk shows. She was trying to, she had to get in early and she did. Um, she did well in the first Iowa caucus. She did really well, finished, I think, third. And her star was rising, Michelle Bachman. But it was like everybody that got in the race as a Republican, each one of them got their moment in the sun in 2012. They all got it. And as soon as they got a little bit, especially if they were different, like Herman Cain, yeah. wow, they came after him with great yeah. guns blazing. I just remember when her, Herman Cain's bus came to North Alabama and went to Fort McClellan, and the bus is there, and they're talking about 999. Herman Cain wasn't on the bus. It was the bus tour without Herman Cain. The candidate <laughs> was somewhere else. This was the bus representing his tour, you know, what he yeah. was doing. And they, hundreds of people are showing up for this thing. People are really gravitating towards him. And I remember when he, I remember, because I like Herman Cain, the thing that I didn't like about him is that he wasn't a political outsider. You have to be 
a real political insider to be on the board for any of the Federal Reserve branches. There's five of them, or 13. Either five or 13, five of them. Whatever it is, he was, he was over the Kansas City Federal Reserve. Did you know that? Herman Cain? Yeah. Hmm. All right. When I found that out, I went, oh, wait a minute. He's talking about the 999 tax thing, and he's already been a beneficiary of the system that rips off Americans for how many years? <laughs> I got a problem with that. On the 100-year yeah. anniversary, you know, uh, the 100-year anniversary of Woodrow Wilson creating the Federal Reserve Banking System and the IRS, and we got Herman Cain, who was a part of that system. He's not an outsider. But yeah. they ripped him up by throwing three women at him who claimed yeah. that they worked with him back in the day. Three. It only took three. He'd been married Standard for a long time. Procedure. Yeah. Guy's never been accused of anything wrong. Never yeah. been accused of being a womanizer. Never been. Nobody has ever said, yeah, you got to, you know, no. With Bill Clinton, it was cocaine, hookers, and, you know, and all that. And they yeah. buried that. Meanwhile, Herman Cain, they bring three women that, by the way, these three women come out of the woodwork and then go away as soon as he's out of the race. They destroyed the man. And he didn't yeah. deserve to be destroyed. But he was not the outsider he pretended to be. But he was gaining traction, and they would just tear him up. As soon yeah. as a Republican got traction, they tore him up. Rick Perry had too much yeah. to drink one night at a fundraiser. Oops, gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bad judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Bad judgment. But the throwing women at him is is a typical yeah. standard operating procedure for the for the left. That's what they do. How many so times bad. have we seen that happen? I mean, we saw it happen here in Alabama with Roy Moore. You know, oh, just yeah. you know, and yeah, and so sad. he he had he. He might have liked the younger ladies, mm -hmm. but the yep. thing was that the thing was that the the people who uh, who were making the accusations, for the most part, when uh, when they had done the deed, they all just vanished back into the yep. woodwork again. Gloria Allred went off to chase a different ambulance. You know, yep. well, just, you know Gloria, when Gloria Allred shows up and holds a press conference, but yeah. can and represents you. Okay, mm -hmm. the case is totally in Alabama. The case yeah. centers around Roy Moore when he was in Alabama, the people are involved are all in Alabama. They're all in Gadsden, uh, Etowah County yeah. and Gloria Allred cannot practice law in Alabama. No, she's no, she can't. And so yeah. she had to have, so she calls the press conference. And if you notice, go look in the back, Gloria Allred is sitting there with this woman and behind them is the attorney that would be representing her in court here. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, we could, you know what? We could peel the, we could peel that curtain back for days on that. What sure they did could. to Roy Moore. Just on one. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, and if we better. did, we would probably, probably reveal what they've done to all the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Remember Kavanaugh, the hearings, the people that came out of the woodwork wow. and said things about, a couple of them came out of the woodwork and said things about him. And when you started looking more closely at them, no, no, yeah. nobody remembered him. Nobody no. knew these people. <laughs> and you know what? It was the yeah. Kavanaugh hearing that I think I said, that if I ran, I would be, yes, I did because yes, I was I at those high school parties. I was there. Yeah. No, no. I, mean, yeah. I even told my kids, you know what? I told my kids the truth about growing up because I was afraid that they would meet somebody I grew up with who would have pictures. That's the only yeah. thing I feared. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I did. it. Yeah, I did. I did. Mm. Yep. No way. I, I, why deny it? You know what? When you're, you're in high school and college, I, if you're not stupid when you're in high school and college, come on. And oh, I, yeah. was the, I was the mature and smart one. Mm -hmm. The people that dude, I saw people do things that even now I'm thinking, Oh yeah. I hope you don't own pets. Oh you know? yeah. I, think, I mean, I remember, I remember guys talking about things, talking about dates in high school and thinking and thinking, wow. I mean, if their parents 
found out mm-hmm. some of the things they're doing. I mean, yeah. not just the not just the girls' parents, their parents <laughs> found out the things that were going on. I mean, holy cow, holy cow! But See, then people, I was worried about those people. But then people talked about it. But then. But here's the thing. Those people are the ones who will drag other people through the mud with false accusations of doing those yep. things. And that's the the left. That's they they will throw all of that kind of trash at somebody to try to destroy their lives because they know everybody will say he did what? But they'll go back to high school like they did with yep. Kavanaugh to their high school annuals. Yep. I mean, it's like, shouldn't there be a line I would think there should be a line maybe from two years into college on down where you just go, hey, you can't admit that. So, you know, I, <laughs> you, know you know what know, I mean? Mark, you just can't admit that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I really do. But, you know, if they have to go back to high school and college to get you for something when you were still a kid, you know, if they mm-hmm. have to do that, then they've got then you have turned your life into something good. That's why, you know, yeah. we're the comeback society. We are a group of people who have made mistakes and, and we do better each time. That's the whole point. Um, but there's yeah. always going to be those people who want to hold you back and hold you accountable for things that you really, that even you didn't like, for instance, we have people that are pitching reparations now for future. Mm. They're pitching reparations for people who, um, have no claim to slavery. They cannot name their family member that was because the, we're not a pure society. No. We are not a pure group of people. There are, our blood is so watered down. You know, we yeah. are not the. And if you want to play that card, I'm telling you, I, I remember reading this on Reddit and a lady, a, guy was, a lady was checking her family tree and was tra- African-American woman. And she was trying to, and said, how is it possible that my family owned slaves? How's it possible that one of my family, I'm a black woman. How is it possible yeah. for my family to own slaves? And it's like, well, yeah. okay. The, you know, I don't know that it's true, um, but it used to be said that the, the, biggest slaveholder in Alabama was a woman, a black woman. Mm. I don't know if that's true. I know it's been said I've read it, but I don't know that it's true because to be honest with you, every time I start looking into it, Mark, I listen to the slave recordings from the 1930s. FDR commissioned, um, writers, uh, young authors to sit down with, with former slaves who had now in the early thirties, you know, they were dying off and he wanted a a record of their life as a slave and, out of slavery. And we have this, it's in the, uh, in, con- uh, library of Congress. Um, they're incredible. They're online. Actually. I'm, I don't know why I tell you, you have to go to the library of Congress. You can find them online. Um, they have some of the recordings they were done. Okay. The interviews were done by liberal college people. Okay. Men and women at the time. And they interviewed people who had been former slaves who had now were old and living in the depression. Imagine that in the South. Yeah. And I remember, in listening one woman who was talking about what life was like in slavery and out. And she was not really happy with freedom outside of it because hmm. outside when she was on the plantation working, you know, yes, it was a long day and all that, but she said, we always had food to eat. We always had, right. Yeah. Everything was taken care of. But out here, I don't have that. There are days yeah. I go hungry. There are days yeah. I eat weeds, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that was kind of shocking, but I listen, I think about those things when I think about people now that are 20, 25, 30 years old that, you know, were born, born after 1990, for example, who mm-hmm. want to claim they have some need for reparations because their family was brought over here. They're right. descendants. 
Hmm. And your descendants were actually given an opportunity already. You, yeah. Former, you know, if you're gonna, if you want to get paid, go look at the people who went to Liberia and started all over again. We created right. Liberia. Their capital is Monrovia, named after James Monroe. If you really want to find out about our country, we gave, we didn't just hand out two goats and forty acres. We actually gave yeah. you Liberia. You want to have yeah. a new country in Africa here. So, yeah. if you're, yeah. I, I don't, I hate this idea of reparations, Mark. Yeah. And it was a whole lot more than the people who were getting the attention because there were, uh, there were the Irish, there were yep. other people as well. Oh, indentured, sl- indentured servitude yes. was a big thing. Yep. I mean, there, there were, I mean, odds are, uh, I have, I have English, Irish, you know, background right. odds are I, I might be able to do some digging and find a slave in my family tree. Yeah, right. You know what I That's mean? That's the thing, you know, I, I think we all do. Yeah. I, but I, to some degree, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't denigrate or dismiss or take away from what happened to people, mm-hmm. you know, there, mm-hmm. but right now, look, if you feel really bad about it and you want reparations, I'll tell you what, I'll agree to go with you on reparations. If you'll go on a 10 year mission, uh, fighting slavery that's happening today right around the world, because right now people are being sold into slavery. So sure I'll are. give you yeah. reparations. If you'll stop that, put you devote 10 years of your life to stopping slavery, then I'll pay it. Then I'll pay you. Otherwise, yeah. no. Because you've really benefited by being here. You know, it's like when I look at it, I get frustrated that people, but it's a political tool. It's a political sales tool. They've convinced people, yeah, you deserve this. And if you vote Mm -hmm. for me, you're going to get it. And the entire reason it's not about, it's not about being good to the people who were treated badly. It's not about uh, paying a debt that's owed. It's not about, it's not about repairing anything with reparations. It's not about that. It's about making the United States of America look evil. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about slavery. And they completely and totally ignore the fact that the UK and the US led the way to to abolishing slavery. That the United States, that the founders actually discussed it uh, in the beginning. If you go back and read all of the the paperwork, the stuff they wrote to each other, there were arguments about uh, abolishing slavery from the beginning. And they realized that it was a challenge that was going to take years to succeed in abolishment. It was just going to take so long. They decided, let's just set the stage for it to happen and then let things move forward. And it took years afterwards to do it. People today will say, well, why did they do it right away? Well, if they did it, try to do it right away, they would have split the country Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't have been the United States of America. It would not have been what they wanted it to be. It would have been something entirely different, probably two nations, in fact, maybe more. But the point is to to keep people ignorant of the facts, to keep people ignorant of the truth and just make them angry about the horror of slavery. And it was a horror. It was a terrible thing. But the people who founded our country, for the most part, wanted slavery to be gone. But they also were wise enough to know that they just couldn't heavy handedly, heavy handedly say, you can't do this anymore. Right. It had to it that that mindset had to grow and it took some years for it to grow to the point where it could happen. Mm-hmm. And we ended up fighting a war, if you'll recall mm-hmm. about it. Think. Yeah. You know, when you actually really dig into, you know, the idea of, of slaves and freed slaves and what happened it, it the Liberia, the um, I, th- I mentioned Liberia because. It grew out of the, um, I, I was looking it up because I knew, I couldn't remember the name of the group, but it was founded, um, it was in 1816. It was a group of white Americans that, that, uh, 
what's happening? I'm seeing you look over there. I'm, <laughs> my my bulldog Hank is in the studio with me. And yeah, yeah. This, Fred Mertz lives, man. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> Holy moly! And he was talking along, and all of a sudden, it's just like his head, head snaps to the left. It what's going on, dude? <laughs> it's like I'm hearing and smelling things that I don't want to no. hear and smell, Mark. That's what it is. It's disgusting. Holy moly. Right, I know we happens take a when break. your studio is in your home. <laughs> yeah, we got to take a break. I like having yeah. them in here. It's a lot of fun. But, you know, it's funny because of all the dogs we've had, rescue dogs and everything else, mm -hmm. he's, he's the only non-rescue dog we have. Right. And, yeah. um, and he was a gift. And it's like he's just, it's almost like he knows he's better than the rest of them. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, they always funny. wanted me. I didn't have, hey, I when we I come didn't back, have another home. Can we, when we come back, can we talk about Natalie Holloway? Because sure. uh, yeah. so we're getting some news on, on that whole situation yeah. from years ago that's happening in our area today. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. You know, Mark, um, yeah, I encourage people to look up their history in life of your background and look into the true background of the, of the United States of America. Whenever people talk about anything about our history, I'm amazed at how much I don't know. I'm amazed at how much I, they teach it way too young, you know, uh, in our country about history, American history. Mm, yeah. We're taught things like that. If, I remember there were things in like fifth grade that I was taught. That gets a bit right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was 10th grade when it was revisited. And I had such a horrible teacher that it was only, it was total memorization and vomit. You know, it's like take yeah. the test and dump it. It was not even engaging. I mean, I, I rem you know, Charlemagne. Okay. I had my, my 10th grade social, whatever teacher who taught that was also the basketball coach. He couldn't pronounce Charlemagne. He called him mm. Charlie Mange, <laughs> Charlie Mange, Mark. I got to college thinking Charlie Mange was the dude's oh, that's name. Awesome. That's yes. just awesome. But you know, I'm not I kept my mouth shut in class that first semester of college because they were talking about Charlemagne. I was like, I missed that day. You know, I don't know what they're talking about. That's awesome. As I, I started, I'm going, some of this sounds familiar. Charlie Mange. <gasps> yeah. Ferris. <laughs> All right. Um, in court in Birmingham, Alabama today. Uh, you're on Vandersloot, last person to be seen with uh, Natalie Holloway in May of 2005 in Aruba. There's been a lot going on with him over the last 18 years. He uh, is in prison now. Well, he's in Birmingham right now. He's in the Shelby County Jail, and he will be in court today in Birmingham. He's going to plead guilty to a charge, but that charge had actually is is not it's indirectly tied to the Natalie Holloway case after Natalie Holloway disappeared. The international news, people like Nancy Grace, Greta Van Susteren went to Aruba to figure out what happened. How did this girl Mark and I were actually on the air 
and got a phone call uh, from a girl who called from, they landed in Birmingham. We just got back and one of our, you know, we were on our senior trip to Aruba and one of our girls didn't come back yeah. with us. We couldn't find yeah. her. Never forget that call. You know, it's yeah. just, what? I mean, you left when you left somebody there, you know? Right. Yeah. And then it starts unfolding after that. Yeah. We start hearing, uh, we start hearing the story behind it and then bang, it becomes a national news story. So Natalie still hasn't been found. And yeah. five years after she went missing, uh, now, uh, the only, uh, now you do remember that, uh, Joran Vandersloot along with, the the Calpo brothers were all yeah. held in jail there in Aruba for a while, but they told the one thing I have learned, Mark, in my time of doing crime reporting investigations and things, when somebody lies, when they change their story, they're changing it because they got caught in a lie. And now they had, you know, so they're already a liar. You cannot believe anything they say. Well, they lied from the very beginning, all three of them. And yeah. there were more, but the bottom line is they never had enough. The, um, Aruban officials let, you're on, let all three of them go. You're on Vandersloot's dad was a judge. It's a Dutch colony still, I guess. Wow, Ruba. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, in 2010, five years after Natalie's disappearance, five years, she's missing five years. Her mom is still wondering what happened to her daughter. And you're on Vandersloot offered to tell her what happened for a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. Yeah. At this point, he found out they had money, so went after him. And Beth Holloway, of course, notified her lawyer, who notified the FBI, and they made a deal. Okay, send it. They had a $25,000 down payment. Now, they're at, I'm not going to get into the nuance of this, but the bottom line is they met to give him twenty five grand in Aruba. All right? Yeah. And with that twenty five grand, that was the deposit on, he was going to tell them what happened. He gave them, here's where her body is, here's what happened, and, you know. And meanwhile, he gives them this info and they're like, okay, when we verify it, we'll give you the rest. You've got the FBI involved, Mark. They're in a hotel room. They're all watching it. And he gives them this information that they don't know if it's true or not. They hope it's, you know, Beth is hoping it's true. Actually, probably at that point, she's hoping it's not true, you know, because she still hoped hope her daughter was alive at that point. Yeah. Anyway, but with the FBI watching, Euron Vandersloot actually is able to leave the hotel and get out of the country with the 25 grand. Everything he said turned out to be a lie. Mm. The FBI was supposed to be watching him. The FBI was supposed to verify this information is true and nab him. We're going to nab him for the 25 grand for doing that to making them pay for it, you know? Yeah. So he gets away. He goes to Peru and he kills a girl on the fifth anniversary to the day, the fifth anniversary of Natalie Holloway's disappearance. He kills a woman that he he picked up a girl in a, a, a casino with the 25 grand he got from Natalie Hall, from uh, Beth Holloway and the FBI with that cash. Yeah. Okay. He went gambling, met a girl in a casino, picks her up. They go back to his hotel room where he, he proceeds to kill her. He beats her to death. He claims that she was on his laptop and was looking at something online and saw that he was the person last seen with Natalie Holloway. And with the fifth anniversary of her disappearance coming up, it was all over. And she saw it and asked him about it. And he said, that's what made him go crazy. And he killed her. Mm. He leaves that hotel room and, you know, they find her body three days later. But since then, there has been a challenge to, you know, you're on Vandersloot. He was arrested for the murder in Peru. 
was convicted. He's in jail right now, serving, I think, 28 years. And in that time, the U.S. government has been working on bringing these charges against him for trying to get the money out of Beth Holloway and for actually taking 25 grand. So you've got mail, you've got all kinds of different wire fraud charges and things like that. Cause as part of this process, they actually did a wire transfer of a little bit of money first to verify that she could transfer money from her bank in Birmingham to his yeah. bank. Yeah. It was, a, I think $1,500. Anyway, they did that. And it was that transaction that alerted the bank that alerted the government. And that's how the FBI got involved. Beth okay. Holloway already had sent the money, but anyway. Right. So they've got extortion and yeah, uh, got it and all. That. Yeah. Gotcha. So with, uh, you're in Vandersloot in Peru in prison. The, the officials here in the U S were looking at this case going, we're never going to have justice for this. We need to do something for this family, for their daughter. Who's gone for them being ripped off emotionally and financially. And they, the government of the United States went to Peru and said, People are dying off. If we have to wait until he finishes his entire, entire prison term here in Peru, we won't be able to bring this case against him in the U.S. He'll get away with it again. And so a deal was sprung. All right, you can have him now. You can try the case now in America. But as soon as you're done, he comes back to Peru to finish his sentence. That was the deal that was brought, you know, is that he's going to come here and face these charges now because people are getting older, memories are fading. They'll convict him or, you know, he'll either be convicted or not based on the evidence. And then he'll go back to Peru, regardless of what happens in the U S he goes back to Peru to finish his sentence there. Then whatever sentence is imposed in the U S he will come and do that. So, um, from the time he got here several months ago, they've been negotiating with Euron Vandersloot. There's not going to be a trial. There was, I mean, he was brought here to go to trial. Yeah. But, they have negotiated a plea agreement. That plea agreement is something that's been in the process, meaning there's it's contingent on certain things happening. One is that he doesn't lie Two, that they're able to prove what he's saying is true and to verify it. And they've done that. Beth Holloway, Nancy Grace, and many others are going to be in court today in Birmingham. And Euron Vandersloot is going to plead guilty to the, uh, the money charges. He's going to plead guilty and he's going to say what happened to Natalie Holloway. Hmm. And that's, we're going to end, end then. And by the way, he is going to say, this is what happened. This is what I did. It's his version of whatever happened. Yeah. And they're only going to let him do it after the FBI has verified it as best they can based on whatever his story is. Hmm. So I don't really know what his story is, but my understanding and I have had to check this out a lot. My understanding is that he gave them a story, the FBI, that it has been checked out and verified to the best of their ability. John Kelly, who is the attorney for Beth Holloway, was asked about this, and he said, we're not looking for her body anymore. We're not mm-hmm. looking for Natalie anymore. Yeah, That's not what this is going to be. So he's already said, yeah, she's dead. That's for starters. And for those who held out hope that she was alive, and there were some that hoped, if you can say that, that she was sold into sex slavery, um, which legitimate concern. There was a house right next door to uh, Carlos and Charlie's where she went missing. You know, the last place she was at, 
It was a house of ill repute that burned down not long after Natalie Holloway went missing. And there were known American women in there who claimed to have been kidnapped. So yeah, yeah. bottom line though, is today we'll find out yeah. uh, what the American, what the government has been able to prove that Euron Vandersloot claims happened to Natalie Holloway where mm-hmm. her body is. I, I don't know what he's going to say. Man. I, I, I have my own thoughts and ideas, but yeah. You know, well, the human trafficking is. part of it is, uh, I mean, it, it, we're very aware of that right now. It's a big, it's a big, uh, top of mind topic today. Oh human yeah. Trafficking. Yeah. And it ties all the way back to this case the, this long ago, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a while, May been quite a while. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I I've been to Aruba and it was after all of this happened. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. you know, remember that cruise I took yeah. with my mom Yeah, she calls it. <laughs> It's everything's falling apart. I need somebody to go with me. Can you go? Right. You know, that's right. You were the young swinger on the boat, right? Yeah. I was like one of the youngest people on the boat. That's funny. I love it. I love it. But, uh, but one of our ports was in Aruba and I'm like, I don't want to even get off here. I just don't, I'm not going to spend any money in this port. I'm just not right. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go get a, a a coffee at Starbucks here. I'm not going to do any of it. And then I got an email from work and there was a detail. So some sort of a detail that needed to be handled. And I'm like, oh, wow. No. I, so I went looking for, for, for Wi-Fi. I ended in, up in Aruba. Up in Aruba. Yeah. <gasps> so, <laughs> so, did you, yeah. so did I, what? Yeah. I, I found Wi-Fi. I went to the, I went to Starbucks and the wife, it was there. I got on the Wi-Fi, but it was, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't do anything. Well, it was bad. Okay, and well, ended I was up, tell you, there's a cafe, there's an internet cafe there in Aruba yeah. uh, where, uh, Satish and Deepak Kalpo friends right. of, Euron Vandersloot, who were with him the night they left Carlos and Charlie's with uh, Natalie Holloway. Right. I kind of remember that. Yeah. But the thing is that I was in the cruise port and, uh, I don't I know what got, that means. I got the, it's where the cruise ships dock. Right. And there's mm-hmm. a strip, right. There was all the, all the typical places, the planet Hollywoods, things like that. The, mm-hmm. the stores, uh, the, the, the restaurants and the stores, they're in every cruise port, the place you can go okay, buy so diamonds and all that. I stuff. Hadn't thought That's about where that. I okay. I had yeah. thought about this. And, all right. Let's take a quick time out and be right back. I had a question for you about that. I had no idea. Sure. No idea. Wow. Hi, this is Nicholas Cage. When you're a teenager, there are a lot of things going on that can produce stress and anxiety. The pressures of school, dating, and the future in general can seem overwhelming sometimes. But there are healthy ways to deal with stress, ways to reduce it and channel your energy in positive directions. And you don't have to do it alone. The Will Rogers Institute has a free booklet with some really helpful information. For your free copy, visit WRInstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. It is the uh, Mark and Mac podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, One thing I will tell you, Mark, I was at the grocery store late last night. Late for me is 9 o'clock. I was there right before they closed, and I was getting my ice cream, you know? Oh, so, yeah. You know, you hit a certain point where you're going, yeah, I'm fat, I, I don't I, care. I know, uh, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be its Oreos, so yeah. go ahead. guy stops me in there, and <laughs> it's somebody my, my kids went to school with, and, you know, you know that when you see uh, somebody that calls you Mr. So-and-so, right? and they're balding, and, you know, they got the no pattern baldness going, oh, stop. I, did I coach you when you were nine? Is that what you're going to say next? <laughs> and uh, they start, they immediately start, it, it's like, Okay. Are you, are you, do I need to take you back to the recovery center? You know, um, because it's all of a sudden it's, I love your show. Which one? 
Oh, really? You, you listen to it every day, do you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But you don't know where it is, huh? Yeah. What channel is that? Anyway, <laughs> what I was going to ask you, Mark, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, going to Aruba on a right. trip and actually not wanting to get off the boat, but you did. So if you these, these huge ships like the Love Boat, I know they're mm -hmm. enormous. I know their size is beyond anything I can imagine. I've never actually seen one up close. I've only seen it in pictures compared to other size boats and they're enormous. So they have to have like a, uh, I, I don't picture them like gliding up to shore and just tying off with a rope at the dock, you know, next to my John boat. So what well, do they, they have, what, they have they special, do? they have special places, special okay. docks. Right. And they, they've carved out the bottoms of the, of the right. of things so that they have enough space. So they're so deep do they enough. like come right up to shore. Um, yeah, they do. They come up and, the, they dock, they tie off. Uh, there's a there's a a gangway. There's a there's an entrance and exit for uh, for the people to get off and on the boat to just walk right out. They'll walk down a ramp or something and get on the dock and then walk into town, right? And go over right. go shopping or or whatever they want to do. And but at huh. some ports, like there was some place in the Virgin Islands that we went where uh, where they dock, they they anchor. Right. a little ways offshore and then mm -hmm. you everybody loads into boats and goes smaller okay. boats that's and goes what in. i thought that's kind yeah. of what i was thinking i hadn't really given it much thought but when you said they tie them off i'm like so that's where they put like planet hollywood that's where they put the generic stuff the stuff you can find yeah. anywhere they put that right there for people to get off i went to the planet hollywood in aruba right there's yeah exactly that's where you you get off the ship and you look along the you look along the 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 you know this one, you hit the you hit the end of the dock, and you can turn left or right, and there's a strip right there on the harbor that's got all those stores, and you'll find pretty much all the same stores in all of the ports. It's pretty much wow. the same way, which is why I've said I've said here, if you want to see what life is really like in some other country, wander a few blocks back off of the off of right. the cruise port, right? Because okay. that's where you'll see what it's really like. Because right. it's not like that in the cruise port where everybody goes, and it's really not like that where they take tours. Right. Mm -hmm. But you'll pass by some real right. life on a tour at some point. <laughs> but but right. none of the stops you go to will be where real life is actually going on. Okay. But but you get off the ship and and hang a right. And down at the end of the street, there's a Starbucks. And that's where I ended up going looking for uh, right. looking for Wi-Fi okay. that I couldn't use. But you know, it was pretty bad. I just didn't want to spend any money in Aruba. Yeah. Right. Just and didn't want you know to. what the thing is. And I encourage you if if this is something that interests you in any way. Um, we have followed the Natalie Holloway story because of our, we do have a close connection to it geographically speaking, emotionally yeah. speaking. And, um, and in the years since then, I've had a chance to talk to Beth on numerous occasions and, um, nice lady, uh, her life changed in a way that she never dreamed yeah. of. Yeah. And, and I hate it for him. I do. Uh, I, I want the truth, but, um, the truth is not going to change what happened. You know, I think, yeah. Sometimes we talk about need. I don't know what it'd be like to not know. Okay. I, I'm not even going to pretend to know. How could you, unless you had this particular situation and I'm not talking about a per, uh, look, if you've lost a child, I can't imagine what that's like. I I've got children. I haven't lost one. Thankfully mm. I had one yeah. get away from me for a few minutes and that freaked me out. And I still carry some of that fear, you know, yeah. when, when, when Andrew was, I think four. but anyway, that's what um, we're dealing with with uh, Natalie Holloway. You're on Vandersloot and that whole thing. And in Aruba, there's still stories. I, I hear them from yeah. time to time from people. They yeah. talk about the uh, pretty tourist girls who get to mm -hmm. Aruba and then disappear. 
It still yep. it still happens. It's been happening for a long time. And when you look at a map and you see where Aruba is, mm-hmm. Aruba is literally just a few miles off the coast of Venezuela. Yep. It's not much further away from Colombia. So you've got Colombia and Venezuela right there, yeah. two countries that are rife with all kinds of crime. And uh, and people have been kidnapped and sold into human trafficking in those two countries. And it yes. happens. It has been happening. And we watched during the Natalie Holloway case, we watched mm-hmm. and this whole situation and realized, oh, the police department there may actually be in on it. Right. You know, so it's That's, so I'm, I'm just saying if you go on a cruise and go to Aruba, you might want to stay on the boat. Yeah. You know, and well, <laughs> in, in one case, the, you know what? Uh, let's move on. I, yes. I could go, Good we idea. could do this yeah. all day and, and no matter what, you, the, the thing is ultimately today in court in Birmingham, there is going to be at least a verified story told about what happened to Natalie Holloway. Yeah. My understanding. And that's why I say a verified story. It's not just a story that you're on Vandersloot gets to spew again because he has told many stories. Um, I've counted seven different stories that I have from him that I've actually seven stories that had some meat to the bone. Okay. He said, plenty of other things i'm sure but seven different stories that had a shred of evidence so whatever he says today beth holloway is not going to be surprised she's been told yeah she has been it's been verified by the fbi and by all the investigative uh, power we have they've invested a lot of time and money in this and we will know as close to the truth as we can find out today yeah and uh, anyway now as we look at the next election, you know, a lot of things that people don't know, a lot of people don't know about UFOs and a person running for president has said, I'm going to release all the information. The first president to say that, uh, that I remember was Jimmy Carter. He was oh, okay. running for president. And yeah. he said, you know, because in 1967, as a Navy man, he wrote a report about an unidentified, unidentified flying object that he saw. Was he in the Navy? The military guy, Jimmy Carter. Mm. Um, Anyway, nuclear subs, right? I think it was nuclear subs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, he was not an idiot, Um, but he did see a UFO. Um, It was in 1969, not 67. I apologize. I I always kind of equate that with our moonshot, Woodstock, and Manson, you know? Okay. Oh, gotcha. All right. (laughs) So Carter says, when I get in, I'm going to release the information our government has on UFOs. And he didn't. Yeah. Now, when he said that, and there was a big UFO thing in the 70s, if you remember, it became big. Mm-hmm. There was a TV show, Project Blue Book. Yep. Um, found out that Project Blue Book was actually a cover, a government yep. cover-up of the actual real group. <laughs> and he didn't really see info. So what comes happens? Well, flash forward. It's now 12 years after uh, Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton runs and says, I'm going to release the UFO information. Hmm. Eight years later, we still didn't have it. Right. So now they've been leaving. They've been letting little crumbs out. They've been putting new stories out. They being the government. They've been releasing information about the UFOs. And my big question, Mark, which one of these people can we vote for that will actually give us the truth about UFOs? <laughs> because I think they're in control of Joe Biden. <laughs> we never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. 